Good morning, everyone. So I have a little bit of sad news this morning. Christmas in July is over. I know, JT, it's going to be okay. So, uh, but what that means is our Christmas stockings that we've been doing for the Salvation Army, we should be done with them, but we still have how many left? I think seven. So if you still would like a Christmas stocking that we do for the Salvation Army, uh, we still have seven left, but next Sunday we're going to be praying over all of those great things that we've collected for those kids. Um, so it's going to be a great Sunday next Sunday. You don't want to miss it. And thanks to our mission team for always putting that together every year. Um, speaking of great helpers, one of our acolytes was Keith Copeland. And I don't know if you know, he has a birthday today, so that's pretty great. Make sure you say happy birthday to our acolyte of the day. Um, Parents of youth and kids, we have a meeting after the service today uh, at 12 o'clock, and we're going to have barbecue sandwiches and go over our safe sanctuary policy. It's going to be awesome. Speaking of our kids, Catherine has the craziest Wednesday night plan. It's going to be water games outside. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, August the 15th, um, that's going to be a Sunday. We're going to be in here praying for all of the students and teachers for all of the ELC staff here at the church, we're going to be praying for everybody that's going to be going back to school. And also that Sunday, we're going to have acolyte training so uh, at 12 o'clock. So if you would like to be an acolyte, you're going to want to be a part of that. Um, and then Wednesday the 18th, this is Pastor Sam's favorite announcement. Wednesday, August 18th, we're bringing back our yearly ice cream social. Pastor Sam's excited. So a lot of great things going on here at the church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful to be able to worship with our church family this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Our, our children are about to go to Children's Church, and I know Miss Catherine and Miss Molly have got something cooked up for them that's going to be fun. Something to do with bird watching, I saw from the earlier. Just uh, binoculars, and uh, I don't know what all they're going to get into in there. Doesn't that sound like fun, Pastor Andy? Yeah. I'm glad that you're here. Welcome, and I'm glad that you're worshiping online with us. If you're worshiping online with us, say hello. Let us know that you're there. Tell us where you're worshiping from, uh, even if it's out of state or even if you're at the beach. Take a picture and show us. And like I think Pastor Andy said in the early service, if you're at the beach right now, uh, give us your address, and we'll be right there in a little bit, just a few hours. We'll join you. Yeah, it sounds pretty good right now. Um, hey, if you're going to be hot, you might as well have some water to jump into, right? Yeah. We are glad that you're here. I do want to um, just say a couple of words about our, our COVID-19 protocol. We have, we've kind of gone back to every other pew. We have ordered a bunch of masks for those who don't have one and, and want one. Uh, we, are, um, we have our own fogger now. That's exciting, isn't it? I'm just kidding. It's not exciting, but we, we're doing our own uh, sanitizing and fogging now. We're, uh, we're asking people uh, to love each other from six feet away. You know what I mean? Wear a mask is a good idea, whether you've been vaccinated or not. If, uh, we're, we're doing this not to try to make a statement or anything like that. Look, aren't we all kind of tired of all that, having been through 2020? We're doing this to try to keep you safe, try to keep your neighbors safe. Do it. We're doing it because we love you. If you, uh, I would just say that if you feel if you feel bad or if you feel like you're particularly in a vulnerable spot, uh, online worship is a great option. Or if you do come here, just know we're going to try to do everything we can to take care of you because we love you. All right. Uh, for that reason, we're going to be having communion uh, at our seats today instead of coming and being shoulder to shoulder at the altar. If you're worshiping online and you want to celebrate Holy Communion, we want you to celebrate Holy Communion with us. Get whatever you have on hand, and then when we share communion together, we're connected to you even though you're not in the room with us. We want to thank you for your support and for your prayers. We always need that. Download our church app if you haven't already done that. Uh, there's so many resources on there. The, news, the newsletter bulletin type um, things that Susan and Sheila have done for you today, you'll find them there on the, uh, uh, on the tables uh, at the entrances to the sanctuary. There is actually a QR code on there that you can like bleep on your phone and it takes you to our church website. I don't understand how all that works, but isn't that cool? We have them on the door, too. I, I don't know. I'm glad some people know how to do stuff like that. But take advantage of that. And, and uh, it has all kinds of cool information on there. Again, thank you for your support. We want your prayer requests. Let us know. Let us hear uh, who, who needs praying for in your, in your life and in your family. Join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer.
God, for, for every good and perfect thing that you have given to us in our lives, we, we thank you. We really do appreciate, Lord, being able to worship together today. Uh, we have made through a lot of hardships, and we don't take any of that for granted. We exalt you today. We want to join with all creatures of our God and King to exalt and praise you because you deserve it. And we want to give credit where credit is due. Lord, as we gather today, we also have hearts that are heavy with need and need for our own lives, concerns that we've spoken out loud and some we haven't. People that we love, Lord, that need a, a healing touch from you or a little extra comfort and strength today. We're concerned, Lord, when we see uh, things going on in, around the world, Lord, in crisis after crisis, in people who are in desperate need. So, God, we lift them up to you. We know that you hear our cries, and we know that you know the deepest needs in our heart. As we worship today, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would touch all of us and that we could feast on your word. And then as we share communion later on, Lord, that you would feed our hearts and our souls even as we receive the elements of communion. Lord, teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, choir. 
Doesn't this awesome piano sound good when somebody who really knows how to play plays it? Thank you all back there. I know, I know. It almost sounded like four hands were on that piano today. I don't know what's going up with that. Our choir always does a marvelous job of lifting our spirits up and preparing our hearts for worship. And um, I'm really grateful, grateful to all of y'all back there. Um, well, welcome to August in Alabama, right? It's hotter than a blister bug in a pepper patch, right? Hotter than a $2 pistol, y'all know. Has us sweating like a sinner in church, doesn't it? I'm not going to go on like that. My wife is rolling her eyes back there. But we do have, um, we do have some things that in August we really, really look forward to. You know, football's going to be starting up here pretty soon. And back to school, y'all. Now, we, back to school is one of those things that we, we, kind of, we kind of pretend that we're not excited about. But do you think that the students are excited about going back to school? Do y'all think that they are? I think they're probably, look, mom and dad, they're probably not going to tell you they are. They're going to like, no, I don't. But they do want to go back and see their friends at least. And they're excited about, you know, getting back to school supplies. And it is exciting. Do you think... Do you think the teachers are excited about going back to school? I see y'all shaking your head. Um, do you think the parents are excited about back to school? I thought I'd get an amen off of that one, I tell you. I want to tell you, I've had the, the blessing of being in all three of those uh, positions. I remember what it's like to have our kids when they were little and we were worn out by the end of summer. We were ready for them to get back to school. And I remember being a teacher and I remember being excited. And I, oh, I, I complain about all the work and everything, but I would be excited about a new year, a new group of students coming in, you know, all the promise and all the hope. I even remember what it was like being a kid getting ready to go back to school. You're a little bit scared, you're a little bit excited. You got, you know, your new uh, Scooby-Doo lunchbox or whatever, you know, you're ready to go. And it is, it is nerve wracking a little bit on that first day, especially when the bell rings and it's time to go to lunch. And now all of a sudden you're going into what has been called an enduring and senseless experiment in social anxiety, the school lunchroom. Do y'all not remember? Your hands get sweaty. You kind of get a pain in the pit of your stomach a little bit. You're, if only somebody could give us some advice about how to act in the lunchroom. Wait. You know what? I think Jesus did that in Luke chapter 14. Will you join me? We're going to read verse 1 and then verses 7 through 14. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of the leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And all those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return. 
and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and, when, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My biggest fear going into the lunchroom on that first day was that I would walk in and there wouldn't be anybody there that I knew. Uh, of course, that was an unfounded fear. I went to a small school in a small town. I knew everybody, but you know what I mean. They're, my friends wouldn't be there. And I would have to try to figure out where to sit. And I would feel like everybody was just staring at me. And they were about to hold up, you know, one of those scorecards like they used to do on Dancing at the Stars, you know. 6.5 from Bruno or what you know what I mean like they used to do at the Olympics they used to do that at the Olympics they'd hold the scorecards up you know that's the way it felt now I looked online because you know you can find anything online and it's all true I'm just kidding um, but some of it is there are guidelines and tips for how to survive Pastor Andy the lunchroom Tip number one, this is really good. Make friends with the cafeteria staff. Tell Jen I said that now. Make friends with the cafeteria staff because you need somebody on your side to help you survive school lunches. You really do. And they, there's nobody better to make friends with than the cafeteria staff because if you're a big old boy like me, they'll put an extra cookie on your tray sometimes, you know, give you a little extra something. So I'm just saying that's important. Uh, tip number two, don't be the last one in the lunchroom. When the bell rings for lunch, look, don't lollygag out in the hallway talking with your friends. That is not the time to reorganize your locker or anything like that because the sooner you get to the lunchroom, the better chance you'll have at that all-important right seat at the table, at the right table. And speaking of seats at the table, always look before you sit down because some kids, I'm just saying, are not the neatest eaters and there might be leftovers and you don't want to get them on your new blue jeans. There have been instances, not that I know about it personally, but sometimes you can find a booby-trapped pack of ketchup that is left behind intentionally I'm just saying that happens sometimes, not that I would know anything about that, but so look before you sit. And then just, the, this is the most important thing, just relax. It's really not like everybody is looking at you. Honestly, it's not like, well, it's not like it was when Jesus went to the Pharisees' table because everybody literally was looking at Jesus. That was kind of the whole point. That was the reason the Pharisees invited him to the table in the first place. They wanted to check him out. They wanted to spy on him. They had heard, they had heard that Jesus had been sitting at the lunch table with the wrong kind of people. With sinners and with tax collectors and folks like that. And to the Pharisees, this was not behavior that a proper religious person ought to engage in. They just wanted to say, Jesus, look, you're not doing it the right way. We're, gonna, we're going to test you, really. Honestly, they wanted to intimidate him, I think. But Jesus would not be intimidated. In fact, Jesus took this occasion as a teachable moment. And every teacher out there, you know when something happens, you make it into a teachable moment. And since Jesus was good enough to put this lesson into parable form, here we are 2,000 years later, and we still get this beautiful, beautiful lesson for us. Just as relevant and fresh to us as it was to them. So here's the scene in Jesus' day. All the dinner guests were getting there. And when they were getting there, they were all jockeying for the best position. They were all fighting for the position of honor at the Pharisees' table. And you might wonder, what is the position of honor? 
Well, in Jesus' day, in Bible times, the closer you sat to the host, the higher you stood on the social pecking order. And therefore, the, well, the more invitations to some other important party you might get. See how that works? Closer you are, more important you are. Farther away, farther down the pecking order you are. But Jesus said, look, when you're invited to somebody's banquet, don't sit at the best seat, a place of honor. Why? Well, because the host might have to come and say, look, friend, you need to move down because somebody more distinguished than you has come in. And then it would be super embarrassing to you. You would be like Bob Euchre on the, remember that advertisement where he says, oh, I must be on the front row. I don't know what made me think of that. But it would be embarrassing. You'd have to move down. Instead, choose the lowest place. And then if the host says, hey, friend, move on up a little bit, then you would be honored. You would be honored. And that just sounds practical, doesn't it? It just sounds like practical advice. But this is more than that. This is more than practical advice for social events. It's a parable is a personal timeless principle that can really be summed up in the words of Jesus in one verse verse 11 for all who exalt themselves will be humbled and all who humble themselves will be exalted two simple but not easy principles notice how I said that Simple but not easy. One is don't exalt yourself. Now when I say exalt, I'm not just trying to use Bible sounding words. Exalt basically means high, not high on drugs, but high in rank and position. In other words, Jesus is saying don't put yourself above others. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, 3, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. If you put yourself above others, then what's going to happen? Y'all know. Y'all know. Your parents didn't tell you, boy, don't get too big for your britches. That's what my dad used to say. Because if you put yourself up here, you're going to get humbled. You really will. I remember growing up, it seemed like everybody watched the heavyweight championship. I watched boxing a lot because it was primetime TV. We only got three channels, Pastor Andy. I grew up out in the country. Everybody watched boxing. And, and right at the center of all of that was Muhammad Ali. Y'all remember Muhammad Ali? His, his, whole, uh, his whole way of doing things, his, his whole image that he projected out there was that I'm the greatest. I float like a butterfly and I sting like a bee. Drove me crazy as a kid because my mom and dad always taught me, don't go around bragging about yourself. Don't go around bragging about yourself. Well, here was this guy. He was the king of bragging about himself. You know what I mean? He was, I realize now, as a grown-up, I realize that was part of his image. That was part of his way to get under the skin of his opponent and get them to make a mistake. But at the time, I thought, man, he is putting himself up there. I heard a story um, about when he was in his prime and he got on an airplane to fly somewhere and he was doing all of this, I'm the greatest thing. And he sat down in his seat and the plane was about to take off. So the flight attendant was going down through there, making sure people had their seat belts on, as they still do. So the flight attendant said, sir, uh, you need to fasten your seat belt. And Muhammad Ali, in typical fashion, said, seat belt? Superman don't need no seat belt. And the flight attendant said, Superman don't need no airplane either. Now buckle up. And he buckled up. 
Because when you exalt yourself, never fails. You're going to get humbled. Second principle, remember I said simple but not easy. Really, simple but not easy. Humble yourself instead. And what I mean by that is if the basic meaning of exalt is high, the basic, the basic meaning of humble is low. We're not talking about low self-esteem. We're not talking about always going around putting yourself down. I'm not talking about that. If I could just put it in some other words, I might say this. Don't be so full of yourself. Be down to earth. Get over yourself. It doesn't sound like it ought to be this way, but it is. The way up is actually down. The way to greatness is actually through being a servant. The world will tell you that the the bold and the beautiful uh, put themselves forward, but Jesus will tell you that insecure, small-minded people push themselves forward. Those who know who they are and those who know who God made them to be and are secure in their relationship with God are able to follow these two simple things. Don't exalt yourself, instead humble yourself. You see, Jesus gave us the most beautiful example ever of this. You remember on the night he took his disciples into the upper room to have the Last Supper? We're about to remember that in particular when we have Holy Communion. But when they went up there, the disciples were arguing amongst themselves over which one of them was the greatest. And while they're arguing about that, Jesus gets up from the table knowing, in John chapter 13, and John goes in very detail to talk about what Jesus knows. Jesus knows that his hour has come, right? He, he knows that he loves his disciples. He knows that he's going to love them to the very end. He knows that he has come from God and that he is going to God. He knows that Judas is about to go and betray him. He knows all of that. He knows that all of authority in heaven and on earth has been given into his hands. He knows he is secure in who he is. And knowing all that... He gets up from the table, he takes off his outer robe, he ties a towel around himself, pours water into a basin, and does the most humble job available. He washes the feet of his disciples. So my point in all this is if the Lord, the creator of the universe, humbled himself, and came to earth and took on the form of a servant and washed his disciples' feet. If that's who Jesus is, and if we're supposed to be following him, how could we not get over ourselves, y'all? How could we not climb down off our high horses? It's hard, really, almost impossible for our egos to understand that the way up is down none of us listen none of us wants a downward path to growth as a matter of fact when our ego hears that it sounds like a bunch of baloney to humble yourself to be last doesn't sound right But remember, I said, these are simple principles. They're not easy. By no means are they easy. Because most of us would rather do anything. Most of us would rather do anything than take that road. And to tell the truth, we can't really learn these things usually until later on in life. That's why we're always going back to school. We're always going back to school, no matter how old we are. You know, the Apostle Paul learned something about this later on in his life. It was later in his life when he wrote 2 Corinthians 12, 10. Paul wrote, I know that when I am weak, I am strong. Hear how crazy that sounds? 
I know when I'm weak, I'm strong. Crazy sounding words. But truth, truth. One last thing from this passage, and this one has to do with when you're a host at a table instead of a guest. When you're the one hosting, okay, Jesus said this principle right here, expand your table to include people who are very different from you. In other words, Jesus put it like this, don't you just invite people that are just like you don't just invite people who can do something back for you in return then maybe they want to invite you to their banquet or repay you in some other way or owe you one right instead welcome people who could never repay you go out of your way to bless people with no ulterior motive So let's finish off with the why question. Why, Jesus? If we're all going back to school here, if we're never too old to be schooled, and we're not, why, why these lessons? Why these lessons for how to act in the lunchroom? You know, don't exalt yourself. Humble yourself instead. Make your table a welcoming place for everybody, even those different from you. Why behave this way? Well, because that's the way the Lord receives us at his table, isn't it? Have you ever looked closely at the invitation to the table? If not, I want you to I want you to look at this, maybe with fresh eyes, the, the invitation to communion. It's, if you want to grab a hymnal, it's found on page 12 in the hymnal. The words are going to be up there for you at home, and they're going to be up there for, uh, for you if you don't want to grab a hymnal. But listen to these words. This is the invitation. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, who seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us brag about ourselves? No. Let us push our way to the front of the line? No. Therefore, let us confess our sins before God and one another. Will you pray with me? Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. We'll continue with the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we join, uh, we, pr we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, 
Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. You should have received one of these uh, self-contained communion cups and wafers. The top layer peels off. Now it's tricky, so just like in school, help your neighbor if they need your help. Okay. Body of Christ, broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. Before we pray and then sing our closing hymn, I want to remind you, uh, it's our custom to, to receive a communion offering on communion Sundays. And this is something, if the Lord leads you to do this and you're able to, you can drop that communion offering right here on the altar rail before you leave. You also can drop your empty cup into, there's a, a garbage can probably, I know there's one back there, but you can drop those off or you can put them here on the communion rail and we'll, we'll get them cleaned up. But if you can leave a communion offering, what that goes for is uh, our local missions because every single day just about we get a call some, from somebody needing help and that's, that's what the communion offering goes for. If you're worshiping online from home and you want to send in a contribution or, or you can give by text or any way that you wanna do that, you can earmark that for a communion offering then we'll use, use that to, to help our, our, our local missions. So let's pray. Lord, how thankful we are for your body broken for us, your blood shed for us, and especially for your invitation to this table because it's not by any works that we have done. It's not that we can repay you in any way, Lord. You have invited us and you have welcomed us so God, as we have had our souls fed today, help us to go out and be your hands and feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn is uh, I Am Thine, O Lord. It's, it's a Fanny Crosby hymn. It's uh, one that I really like. It's hymn number 419. And the hymnal or the words are going to be up there. Will you stand together as we sing, I am thine, O Lord.
and thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith. now will you receive this benediction. Go forth in peace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.